0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today, we to be discussing the future of planet Earth. With all the people telling us around today, the Earth is so fragile, we're gonna destroy it. We gotta be careful because the Earth can easily fall apart, does it? We're gonna find out what the future for planet Earth is and guess what, your future is connected with it if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let's go to the Word of God together.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian.
0: Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. Want to welcome you there watching for the first time. Welcome, glad to have you here. I know you'll enjoy it. For those watching the third, fourth, 10th time, thank you again for watching. And for those who've been watching me for years, Thank you so much, man. I have people tell me, I, they started watching me from the very beginning when I went on television. Many who was before that, even some back when I pastored. So again, thank you so much for being so faithful. And for those of you out of that group that has become partners of mine, I really thank you. Thank you for helping me do this. Again, I've said this so many times before. You say, well, you're doing this because God called you. Yes, I am. But I can only keep doing it because people support me. And uh, God's the one who called me, but people uh, identify with that. There's people that watch this broadcast to see just the way you put it, it resonates in my heart that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for those that feel that connection with me from the heart, then the connection goes into prayer and to also financial support on a monthly basis. If you'd like to become a partner with me, go to my website, BobYandian.com. You'll find a place where you can become a partner and join with those hundreds out there and getting close to probably thousands by now that are supporting this broadcast. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, you are a blessing to me. So go to my website, BobYandian.com. You'll find there on the face page, a place where you can become a partner. Turn with me to Genesis chapter eight. Uh, today, this may last one. Maybe it might go two, but I don't think it's going to. I'm gonna try to get through this in one lesson. I'm gonna talk about the future of the planet Earth we are on right now. There's so many end time things going on, people wondering, and then people read, well, the Earth's gonna be destroyed. No, actually it's gonna be renovated and that's what we'll get into today but planet earth has been here since you know god uh, created it you know back in time when he made everything and in the and he created the heavens and the earth and all that and So it's been here for quite a while, but it will be here forever. Earth is going to be here forever. It'll be renovated one day, but it still will be here. It's the eternal place where Jesus Christ will come and reign from. He'll have a throne in Jerusalem. Yes, he has a throne in heaven, but he also has a throne in Jerusalem of which he will sit on. We will be ruling and reigning with him on the earth, and we will also have thrones in heaven so we can again go back and forth. And there's going to come a time when actually heaven will come and rest over the planet earth, and uh, that will be after the time the millennium is over and the earth has been Renovated, and then heaven will come and rest over it, and uh, the heavens will be called the New Jerusalem. So we again uh, know that's coming. But the point of it is, is what I want to say is so many people again. Uh, I saw an ad on television for taking care of the earth, and he just showed the earth, and what the earth was was a p- egg painted like the planet Earth, showing how fragile this planet is. Are you kidding? God doesn't make things fragile. The earth is not fragile. I mean, no matter what we do to it, the earth can recover. It's been hit by asteroids and meteorites. It's been, it's had volcanic eruptions. It's had the most incredible thing. It, it survived a flood of Noah where the whole earth was covered with water. Every person was killed except for eight. All the animals were killed except for what was in the, in the ark. I mean, we could go on and on with the devastating things that have happened to this planet. And yet it's still here. It remains. Why? Because the earth is alive understand that. And there's no way man's going to put it under, even if we put pollution in the air, the pollution came from the ground and the rain just washes it back down into the ground because why it's just the ground coming from the ground. And one thing that I learned whenever I was in, in high school, And I took a chemistry class is that we can make nothing, nor can we destroy anything. We can only change what's here. We can combine elements, but we didn't create the elements and we can't throw them away. They'll change in front of us, but they always go back to something that's usable in the ground. And listen, all business comes from the ground. Every plant came from the ground. Uh, Anything business is made out of comes from the ground. Everything, that's why That's why Adam tilled the ground. Everything comes from it and the earth can maintain itself. In other words, the earth is a fighter. The earth knows how to stand up and defend itself in the worst of situations. And so the planet has been here for a long time. The earth is everlasting. God is eternal, no beginning, no end, but the earth had a beginning and it will be here for everlasting. Genesis 8, right after the flood, here's what God told Noah. Look at verse 22. Genesis 8, 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night will not cease. I want you to notice what this is saying because there's something in there I want to pull out of this verse. Notice what we have. We have seed time and harvest. Seed time is spring, but harvest is the fall season where they reap. And so it simply said, here's what we have, spring and fall. Jump over two words to the next one's winter and summer. Here's the four seasons. Notice this seed time and harvest, that's spring and fall, then winter and summer. But notice what's inserted in between, cold and heat. Isn't that interesting that God would insert that in there after naming the four seasons? We would often think, well, winter's cold and summer's hot. No, what he's saying is there's going to be seasons on the earth of extended cold and extended heat. And we keep saying, oh, look, there's global warming. The earth is simply taking care of itself. And just like there are seasons that come, there's also going to be seasons of extended cold, extended heat. There's been times here in Oklahoma, we've thought, you know, when's the last time we really had a hot, or yeah, a hot summer? It seemed like it's been cool. Or when's the last time we really, really had a cold, cold winter? Well, there's times we'll go for a number of years without any snow. Then all of a sudden it'll come and boy, the temperature will drop. And it's simply the earth taking care of itself. And we can't mess that up. And I'm simply saying here, the earth can take care of itself. Then notice what goes on to say, and day and night shall not cease. So as long as the earth remains, you know how long it's going to remain? Forever. God made it. It will be here forever. And as long as the earth remains, these things will always be here. So the earth has many functions that will not change. Sin on the earth came when Adam was here. And what happened there? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter one. That's where we're going next. And so since Adam was here and Adam fell and Eve fell for Satan's plan, they introduced a curse into this earth. But there's gonna come a time the curse will be removed from the earth. And so in Hebrews chapter one, verses 10 through 12, of which Hebrews one began with the statement talking about dispensations, time periods that the earth will go through, starting with the dispensation, Adam and Eve were here, innocence, then conscience, then human government, and on down to the time of the church age we're living in today. And then after the church age will come the millennium. After the millennium, we'll enter in the eternities of eternities. And so there's, gonna, there's seven dispensations in which after that, the earth will go into the eternities of eternities. But what God does after the millennium is over is he renovates the earth. All the junk that's happened for... All the time since Adam, all the remnants of man's uh, notoriety, man's buildings, names on everything, statues will all be destroyed and we'll have a new heaven and a new earth. The new heaven is what surrounds the earth. That is the atmosphere around the earth plus the earth itself. Notice what it says in Hebrews 1, verse 10 through 12. You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. That's Genesis 1, 1. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. In other words, what you created made on this earth, that's gonna perish one day. It's gonna be altered. It's gonna be changed. It won't be totally destroyed, but it will be altered and changed. Verse 11, they will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same and your years have no end. He made this so simple. He compared it to a woman washing clothes. He said, you have an earth here and that's like a garment and you wash it. And you put it back on, you wash it, make it clean, you wear it, it gets dirty, you wash it again. And one day the just, you know, the darn thing just wears out. It's got holes in it and it's frayed. And if you're like most men, they still wear it, but the wife sneaks in and tries to throw it away. The man sees it's missing, runs out, and looks through the trash to find it again. I mean, she says, honey, I have washed that thing. If I wash that thing again, we're just going to have lint all over the place because it's going to totally be destroyed. That's what's happened to the earth. The earth was created in beauty, man's sin, God washed it. We enter the second dispensation, conscience, and God's renovated or God washed it man messed it up, got it dirty, God washed it again. And after every dispensation, God washes it and starts over again with another dispensation. And yet every time man messes it up, God cleans it, man messes it up, God cleans it again. There's going to come a day when God's going to hold up and say, this thing is just way too old. If I do this anymore, it's going to all fall apart. So he just simply takes the earth and the curse and everything's been here. All the renovations that man has put into it, God wants to re it for himself. He's going to just take all this and throw it away. After seven dispensations, He's going to take that robe and throw it away. He's going to take that garment and throw it away, roll it up, throw it away, and he's going to renovate. And we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. And what I mean by that is he's going to change this planet to where it'll go back to what it was in the garden of Eden before man fell and man cannot destroy it. Here we will have a set of clothes that will never, ever get dirty. And that's what he's comparing it to. After the millennium is when all this is going to happen. Right now, we are living at the end of the church age. The church age actually was, uh and, and Peter uh, prophesied of this, he, he said what Joel said, it'll come to pass in the last days. The last days began on the day of Pentecost. We are living in the last of the last days. Timothy pointed that out there. We are living in the end times. The end times is the end of the last days, and we are living there right now. Jesus will come soon at the rapture of the church. We will rise to meet him in the air. We will go to heaven and for seven years while we were in heaven, the, the tribulation will be going on on earth. We will be going through the judgment seat of Christ or as it's better known in the Greek as the rewards seat of Christ. We will be rewarded for the deeds we did in the flesh because the Bible tells us in Revelation 14, 13, that when we die, our works follow us and we'll be rewarded for our works in heaven. After all that's done, this, then will come to pass that verse. The scripture, he will present us to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. It takes the judgment seat of Christ or the reward seat of Christ to get the spots and wrinkles out. Then in Revelation 19, we will come back with him at the end of the tribulation as a bride adorned for her husband. So after the millennium though, that will introduce the millennium at the end of the tribulation. Jesus will remove Satan. Jesus will remove the false prophet, the beast, religion, all unbelievers, uh, demons, fallen angels, the curse on the earth will be lifted, all removed. And at that time, we'll enter into the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, the last dispensation. Turn with me to Second Peter chapter 3. We'll start this verse of scripture and continue it after the break. After halftime, we'll talk about this. But Second Peter chapter 3, look with me at verse 10 through 14. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. And this is the end of the millennium. All right, at the end of each dispensation, is almost called almost all that were called the day of the Lord, the rapture is the day of the Lord, the end of the tribulation is the end of the Lord, and the end of the millennium is also called the day of the Lord, will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. The earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things will be dissolved, what kind of people ought we to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hasting the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire, dissolved, and heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we're waiting for a new heaven and new earth in which righteousness dwells. So beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and walking in peace with each other. What a great verse of scripture. This verse is saying, you know what our future is? Incredibly glorious. I know we're going to go through some hard times, but I serve a God that'll take care of me. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. At the end of the millennium, God's gonna renovate the earth, the heavens and the earth. And listen to me carefully, there are, there's two sides on this is according to the heavens. Some say all the universe will be changed. No, sin didn't extend to the universe. Sin extended to the atmosphere around the earth. Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. And so beyond that, there is no curse out there. The earth has a temporary curse on it, of which Jesus will remove. And then we will move into the time period called the eternities of eternities. And lest I go on for eternity, Let's go through the break right now. See you right after the break.
1: Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the temple discourse, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, So what will the new
0: earth look like? Turn to Revelation chapter 21, the closing chapters of the book of Revelation deal with mainly what the new heavens and new earth will be like after this natural earth we're on right now will be renovated Satan's curse will be gone, the fall of Adam, all that has happened and that will be erased. God's gonna start and the earth will be renovated at that time, we told you about it. We don't know exactly what's gonna be like. We do know according to some verses of scripture, similar to what's gonna be like, but Revelation 21, let's take a look at verse one. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. My wife doesn't like this verse because she loves the ocean. And it's saying here, all oh, the earth will be no oceans or seas. In other words, it be a completely different style of life. We are the same uh, percentage in our bodies of water as the earth has. So we are taken right from the earth. But the point of it is one day there'll be no oceans or seas. It'll be a whole new, different scientific way. We won't need water. But listen, I told my wife, honey, out there, there's got to be a planet called Hawaii or something where there's entire planets of oceans and beaches and beautiful places and stuff. so we can just be there in one split second. In fact, faster than we can fly to Maui or fly to Cancun, we can be there on some distant planet and vacation there for a while. So again, but verse 23 goes on to say, and the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it. On that day apparently God will either cover the sun and the moon or else there'll just be no need for it. It'll be there. It goes on to say the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. Why? Because the glory of God will come and rest over the earth heaven itself will come and rest over the earth. The new Jerusalem will rest over the earth and the light that comes from it will cover the entire earth. Interesting, it's not in this verse of scripture, but it says also in Revelation, there'll be no more shadows. You realize that means the only way to get rid of shadows is have light come every from every direction. This will be the glory of God. Verse 23 says, the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the lamb, Jesus Christ himself. By its light, the nations will walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. There'll be no more evil governments. There'll be no more evil kings. Everyone on the earth will be in a resurrection body at this time when the earth has been renovated and the millennium is over, all people in natural bodies and all people who have died as sinners have all stood before the great white throne judgment, found that their names were not written in the book of life and are cast in the lake of fire with Satan, the false prophet, the beast, all demons, fallen angels will all be cast into the lake of fire along with everyone who rejected Jesus Christ and they'll be there forever and forever. That's not hell. Hell is the waiting place for the lake of fire and they'll be in the lake of fire. And as far as most Bible scholars and commentators say, and I agree with this, it's got to be at the farthest, uttermost part of the universe where we'll be on the earth and and hell used to be under us. Now uh, that's all been transferred to the lake of fire and it's probably so far out as far as possible From the presence of God itself, the earth was originally made in beauty, and the fall of Adam made it come to what we see today. Isaiah forty-five and verse eighteen. Turn there. You'll remember in the opening of Genesis it says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void." That's not what happened. Verse one and verse two is a transition because verse two it says where that the earth was without form and void. The Hebrew word means became. Just simply look it up. That's exactly what it means. Any. Commentary will tell you. And also if you go to something that deals with the Hebrew, it will tell you this word means the earth became without form and void. Something happened that caused this beautiful planet to become uh, in the condition it was. And God started recreating the planet earth from the garden of Eden out, but there was already a fallen being here, which caused the earth to be uh, come under a curse. And that was uh, Lucifer himself, or Satan by that time. So Isaiah 45 and verse 18 says this, thus says the Lord who created, these are the same words used in Genesis chapter one, who created out of nothing the heavens, why? He's God. And then formed the earth. The word formed here is exactly correct. It means to form with the hands. And so he is what he did. He formed the earth and then made, and here's the word which means to make out of existing material. He made it. So he molded it, then made it, which means he established it. He did not create it empty, it goes on to say. And here's the same word used in Genesis chapter one, verse two, that, that the earth became without form and void. This word tohu means he made it to be in inhabited and so he did not create it empty. He created it with fullness. He created it with beauty, but it fell in the meantime. And God had to recreate out of that mess the planet we're on right now. Satan was the one who sinned and God took the earth and wrapped it up in darkness, wrapped it up in water, what we would call the ice ages where the earth was covered with water and it was freezing cold. The, ice was, the earth was that way for millenniums. And then that's how the mountains got formed, all the different things on this earth but once God melted it and then took the water away, he came back and started Eden again. Eden existed before that time. That's where Lucifer reigned from. That's found in Ezekiel and Isaiah also deal with the time period there. You have been in Eden, the garden of God. Now he recreated Eden, but this time put man there because man took the place of Lucifer to rule and reign the earth. Man fell, turned it back over to Satan and Jesus will come back one day and take it back from the devil. Jeremiah chapter four in verse 23 through 25 says this, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form. So Jeremiah saw the earth in a vision after it had become without form and void. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form, tohu, the same Hebrew word, and void, bohu. So these are the same words used in Genesis 1. The earth was without form, tohu, and void, bohu. And he says in in that verse, and the heavens, they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled. All the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. There was no one here. The earth was simply wrapped up in darkness. No life was here, and God started it all over again. Here's what happens. The new earth and the new heaven will be free from Adam's curse. Look at Isaiah chapter 65, we're gonna take a look at verse 17 and verse 22. Isaiah here has a vision, much like the vision before that we just read in Jeremiah, but Isaiah had a vision of what the earth looked like. And he now he's gonna have a vision in this one of what the earth will look like. So not only have he found visions here that the prophet saw of what happened when the earth was created in beauty and then it fell under a Lucifer and it became without form and void and God had to restore it, recreate it again at that time. and. A remake it into the form we see around us today, but then Adam transgressed, turned it back over to Satan, and he's had it ever since, and there's going to come a day that he will no longer have dominion over it. And so it says in Isaiah 65 and verse 17, Behold, I create the new heavens and new earth. This is what we found in Revelation. This is looking forward to the former, the great things coming up. And the former things shall not be remembered and come to mind. So shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat it like the days of the tree shall the days of my people be and my chosen shall live long and enjoy the work of their hands. Wonderful thing. This again talks about a new heaven and a new earth. Let me go back to this for just a moment. There are those who say, well, the new heavens also includes gonna redo all the planets out there and all these other things. From what I see in the word of God. And again, that's all right if God wants to, but there's no, there's no sin out there. There's no curse out there. That only happened on the earth and the curse that man went through affected the earth and the atmosphere around it. And like I said, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Once you get beyond that, I remember hearing one of the astronauts say that one of the first times he went into outer space, He said this, he said, we were going up. He says, as soon as we passed the atmosphere, the blueness around the planet earth, he said, it's like a freedom came over. He said, I just had feelings like I hadn't. Well, you're out of Satan's domain, the prince of the power of the air. Satan has no power on the moon. He has no power on Saturn. He has no power in any other part. And so all those parts have not been corrupted, but God will come and like a, you know, cleaning it and dipping it and, and starting all over again. He's gonna wash this entire earth And then he's going to restore it to a brand new form that will never get dirty again. Revelation 22, five says this, speaking of that new place, the new heaven, the new earth that we are living on right now that will be renovated one day, we will be here, all of us in resurrection bodies. By this time, no more natural bodies will exist after the millennium. Everyone will have a resurrection body and we can just teleport out in any part of the universe we want to. We won't travel at the speed of light. We'll travel at the speed of thought It won't take us 65 million years to get to the end of the universe. We can just think it and be there. This is how angels travel. They aren't confined to the speed of light. We can travel like they do, just think it and be there. That's a resurrection body. We can exist in outer space. We can exist where there is no air because we don't need air. We can exist where there is no food because we don't eat food. Oh, we can, but we don't have to. And so again... This is what we will be like, and but God will centralize his activity of the entire universe over the earth. Heaven will rest over the earth. They've always worked together. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But this, you may know the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. Heaven will rest over the earth. And uh, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Loose on earth is loosed in heaven. They too have always worked together, God and the believers on this earth. And one day heaven will rest over the earth forever and forever. This will be our central place for location and for operation throughout the universe. Revelation 22, five says, and night will be no more. They will need no light. They'll need no lamp or the sun for the Lord God will be their light and they shall reign forever and forever. So this is what earth will be like. Psalm 98 verses four through nine says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth, break forth into joyous song and sing praises, sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, the sound of melody with trumpets, the sounds of horns, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord, let the seas roar, all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people with equity. When the millennials starts, the curse will be rebooted off the earth. At the end of the millennium, the whole earth will be renovated. But notice this begins at the time of the millennium when the curse is removed from the earth, including that on nature and even nature will rejoice at the coming of the Lord. Isaiah 55 and verse 10 says this through verse 13, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but they water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty or void, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up a cypress, instead of the briar shall come up a myrtle and it shall be for the name of the Lord an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is what the earth is headed toward. And notice it's not, will we be rejoicing? All of nature will be rejoicing around us. Psalm 65, 13, meadows clothe themselves with flocks, the valleys deck themselves with grain. They shall shout and sing together for joy. What an incredible future we have. Why are you so upset about today and the problems you're facing when this is what God has planned for you, for nature, for the world, and for the entire universe from
1: that time on? Rejoice in the Lord. See you next time.